This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues. Enter promo code BREACH10 for 10% savings. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 309 for the week of Wednesday, the 31st of January, 2018. I'm Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, we take a deep dive into the Hasbro IDW Revolution box set. Cue the theme music. Welcome, welcome, welcome all to another episode of Action Figure Blues. Uh, It does look like that I am flying solo tonight, so I do apologise for those of you that love a good group discussion, but I do promise I have saved something very special for this episode, and hopefully uh, my enthusiasm can make up for the lack of my fellow co-hosts, but I am very much decided to talk about the theme of this week's episode, so what do you say we just jump right in? If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might like a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Okay, so for my toy of the week slash discussion topic, I am going to be talking about IDW's Hasbro Revolution box set. So this was a convention exclusive box set that uh, celebrates uh, both the Hasbro and IDW universe. Now, for those of you that aren't aware, uh, Hasbro has been working with IDW for quite a few years now. They originally started with the Transformer comic rights, uh, sort of in the mid 2000s. Then, around 2000. Nine, I want to say. Uh, they also acquired the G.I. Joe uh, comic book rights. And for the most part in that time period, they've really been treating the IDW and G.I. Joe as separate universes. Come through to the last couple of years, and IDW uh, for the comics actually acquired the rights for their full pantheon of Hasbro IP properties. So we are talking th- like things like uh, Micronauts, Revolutionaries, Rom, Mask, 
and the like. Uh, and what they decided to do is the same thing that every entertainment company seems to want to do at the moment, which is kick off a Hasbro multiverse. Now, things do seem to be well-timed here because over uh, in Hollywood, they are, well, at least till recently, looking to develop a multiverse of films based on Hasbro properties. Now, things there might have changed a bit with uh, the uh, not-stellar performance of The Last Night and then recent rumours of the writer's room starting uh, to disappear and potentially taking certain films like Mask off the slate. But they were definitely look at looking to build some of the groundwork at IDW. So there were little hints of crossovers leading up, uh, characters popping up here and there, but uh, the big event bringing all these universes together was a mini-series called Revolution, and you had uh, sort of the major parts being Transformers and G.I. Joe universes aligning. Uh, now, <laughs> this series is very mixed and very divisive. And that that's me being kind to it. In fact, I tend to find there's not a lot of positive word uh, based on this comic book series by Colin Bunn, John Barbara, Osio and Cheng on art. It's tends to be, though, and this is just me completely theorizing, uh, complete hypothesis here, is that you had a lot of Transformers fans who were reading the Transformers books and really enjoying them, and the IDW Transformer books have been fantastic. I'm a fan. There's uh, very much so, as I have discussed on this podcast. And same for the most part with the G.I. Joe IDW stuff. I really love the early years of it, and still one of my favourite comics is G.I. Joe Cobra, the Chuckles miniseries. Uh, and the vast majority of the G.I. Joe IDW stuff has been great. Towards the tail end, it sort of seemed to lose its way a little bit in focus-wise. Uh, and with this Revolution series, what they did is combine the two universes. Now, it wasn't a big crisis on Infinite Earths or anything like that. The writers did find a window where the IDW uh, Transformer characters did leave Earth and were absent for a while. And they basically made a retcon that that was around the time period that the G.I. Joe uh, comic history starts and sort of runs through to modern day. And then Revolution is kind of kicking off around the period where Transformers have started returning to Earth. So it's kind of just like the G.I. Joes in their IDW comics just seem to not mention big events like All Hail Megatron or that having happened in the past. Uh, now, I did quite enjoy this series, but uh, as I mentioned, I'm sort of hypothesizing here. I tend to find the dislike of this series isn't so much based on the series itself as much as if you were a big Transformer fan all of a sudden, the Transformer characters are taking a bit of spotlight focus off them to focus on other characters. If you're a big G.I. Joe comic book fan, uh, exact same thing's happening again. Uh, spotlight's being removed from them in their own books, and you're getting other characters 
popping up and being focused on. And then a lot of these other characters that are coming in, like Action Man and Rom, uh, they really haven't been around that much at IDW to have garnered that full fan following. So because these are toy properties and not something like Marvel Universe where they come from the larger universe, these are things all being crammed into one universe. I do tend to think uh, that fans of a certain property aren't necessarily going to be fans of another property and maybe this mixture isn't really working for them. But uh, if you are a big toy fan like myself and actually enjoy uh, the vast majority of these properties, I do recommend this book. Now, heads up as well, I think part of the problem with this series is that the actual trade cover is uh, terrible. Now, I kind of do feel bad because I couldn't draw a cover this good, uh, but for me, it's not anywhere near as good as the OCO art on the inside. So please definitely do not judge this book by its cover uh, if you are looking to purchase it after my review here. But I actually think they did a very good job. It does combine a lot of these stories well, at least I think. Uh, you get some, <laughs> a little bit of revisionist history. It actually opens what I think is a nice nod with the 12-inch G.I. Joe era, uh, obviously being the start of action figures with the adventure team, and we get <laughs> what might be one of the most controversial retcons, but I kind of liked it in the book of General Miles Mayhem from Mask actually being the sea adventurer from the adventure team with sort of the red beard uh, there, and they have adventures with the old action man coming through uh, to modern day. So that's a nice setting up of General Miles Mayhem was an actual general and he was uh, part of Joe Colton's team who would go on to find found <laughs> the team uh, G.I. Joe and then kick that all off from there. Uh, you also learn that uh, in later life Miles actually captured the Transformer Blitwing, Blitzwing has been experimenting on him and that's where they developed the mask technology. Now at all this same time too, a lot of groups have been getting infiltrated by Diarrhaiths, the enemy of Rom, so you kind of have this Battlestar Galactica thing of not quite knowing who can be trusted. Uh, the Transformers in their own book have been in an interesting place where the war between Autobots and Decepticons has actually ended so there's a lot of weird truces going on and sort of new conflicts popping up so you'll find that Soundwave is actually working uh, with Optimus Prime uh, here who has uh, just recently put Earth into the World Council so they can have a bit more say on uh, galactic matters. Now that hasn't been met well with sort of world governments and eventually also the Micronauts come into play but that gets uh, a bit into spoiler territory how that come about but uh, I, I really do think they did some fantastic stuff here with this book in bringing all these different characters through together. So if you are interested in action figure lore, uh, it is a great series to pick up. There was a sequel to this series known as First Strike that played around last year with basically war going to uh, Earth, I beg your pardon, uh, going to war with Cybertron that was an interesting take. Uh, and also there was a spin-off ongoing series called Revolutionaries that takes a couple of main characters from the different franchises and puts them together on a team like Action Man and Cup. 
But where this comes into play on a toy podcast, other than its source material being about toys, uh, is in order to promote it, Hasbro also launched a box set uh, this year of a whole bunch of their properties in toy forms under the Revolution banner based off this IDW event book. Now, it was known as the Revolution Preview Box Set, so uh, many like myself have theorised that we might be getting a line of Hasbro Revolution as a way of them getting more of their property out there without launching five or six lines. Now, nothing much has actually come out of that yet, as far as we know, uh, but we will definitely have fingers crossed because uh, in a lot of cases here, uh, this is the only way to get some modern toys based off some of these classics uh, that you might have had as a kid. Now, the box I am definitely uh, surprised to say is massive. Now, I unfortunately had an order for this box set that didn't come through last year. Uh, eventually just got one off eBay. And my biggest trouble wasn't necessarily finding one at a good price, although it is going up in value. Uh, it was more finding one that was going to ship to me at a good price. And I didn't realize quite why until I finally got this in hand and saw how big uh, this case is. It's about two feet high <laughs> just on the box itself. Now, it's not too wide. It's about the thickness of a regular, say, Transformers uh, box set. But it uh, is uh, definitely no small box. And it actually has some nice artwork on the front, I don't recognise the artist, unfortunately. I don't think he's name-checked anywhere on the box, but it is this lovely fold-out piece. It's got some Velcro attachments that you open it up, and it makes for one big, massive, long cardboard poster of all the characters going into a battle scene. Open it up on the inside, and it gives you a little bit of a disclaimer. Explosions rip across the earth, and all the sides blame Optimus Prime and the Cybertronians. G.I. Joe refuses to go quietly, and they assemble heroes big enough to stop the invaders. Action Man and Mask Mobile Armored Strike Command, trademarked, fight the humanity. But where do Rom and the Micronauts, trademark, stand? So it gives you uh, a much shorter description than I gave you uh, about the miniseries. And we also get some character profiles of the folks we get here in the set. So we have Jetfire, Autobot Scientists, Action Man, Elite Special Agent, Rom the Space Knight, Dire Wraith Hunter, Leoric, Spectral Knight, Matt Tracker, Mask, Mobile Armored Strike Command, Trademark, Leader, Dire Wraith, Trademark, Shape-Shifting Alien, and Roadblock, Heavy Gunner. Uh, and then in their own separate little section, you also have profiles on Microspace, which would be the Micronauts. Uh, so you have Acroyear, Biotron, Oberon, Quintalus, Phenolarfi, Xant, Gamatron, Baron Kaza, and Betatron. 
then coming across to the right you have the figures in a full sort of window box display but uh, there's sort of like these light beams shooting out from the center that sort of split them up into their own section so heading around in a clockwise fashion we have Jetfire the Transformer we have Leoric uh, from Visionaries we have Roadblock G.I. Joe Diorath from Rom, Rom himself, we have Action Man, the greatest hero of them all, and then in the center of the box, we have the Micronauts. Uh, now, I am actually yet to open this set, so for <laughs> this review, everything's going to be going very fresh. So I have my little X-Acto knife here, I've just cut some tape, and let's slide these open and you're going to be getting my actual very first on-hand responses uh, to this figure. So it's a big plastic tray bubble, so I do apologise. You might be getting some of those plastic tray noises as I fiddle around and get things out. Now, the first thing that I noticed that uh, I couldn't tell when this was in the box is down in the bottom left corner, there is a whole bunch of figure stands, which is very nice and always appreciated. Okay, so I've got the figure stands here. They are looking very nice now. One thing that's kind of cool here is that the figure stands are using the mold of the movie G.I. Joe uh, figures. So they actually kind of look like studded dog tags, uh, except for Roadblocks, who does come with a more classic G.I. Joe stand where you actually have the embossed G.I. Joe. Now, because they did use the movie versions of these tags, underneath uh, just the regular non-Joe characters, you do have the Cobra and the Arashikagi looks like symbol. Well, maybe it's not because it doesn't go the full way. Uh, but it does seem to hint that all these characters are Cobra. Now, the Micronauts and Jetfire don't get one, but for your three and three quarter size figures, which I don't think I mentioned, the figures in this set are three and three quarter size, uh, they do all get a stand each. Now, the first one I'll take out is Jetfire, and for those of you that haven't been around Action Figure Blues too long, you might not know, but I did review Jetfire a couple of years ago. So this is just a reuse of the Generations Jetfire figure uh, from a Transformers line a couple of years ago. Now, this was a bit of an odd choice, i got to say, to include in this set. It uh, obviously makes sense to include a Transformers character, as Transformers is easily the biggest of the Hasbro brands. But the reason why I thought it was odd to include Jetfire is, uh, <laughs> at least in the main books, he has not had a part to play in the Revolution storyline. Uh, but this Generations figure uh, mold 
was reused for uh, Starscream, and then because it was used for Starscream, it was reused for the other Seekers, uh, Thunder, Cracker, and Skywarp. And to me, Skywarp would have actually been the far better choice to include here with this set as Skywarp in the current IDW universe. Uh, and since the Cybertron war is over and uh, some of the Decepticons are coming over to the side of the Angels, he actually ended up joining G.I. Joe. So Skywarp is a member of G.I. Joe <laughs> at, at the moment. Uh, and it his most recent sort of large-scale figure used this Jetfire mould. So... Uh, the reason why I'd say they went with a leader class figure is so that he scales uh, a bit more correctly with the smaller human character figures. So uh, he would have still sized up uh, rather well with them, uh, which would be the reason I'd imagine they didn't use the recent Cup figure, because Cup has definitely had a major role to play uh, in Revolutions and its spin-off series Revolutionaries, and him and Action Man have sort of made a good buddy cop team. Uh, but Skywarp would seem to have been perfect. The only reason I can think of that they didn't use Skywarp is that... He's a still fairly recent uh, toy that's been on sale. We're at the Generations Jetfire uh, has not been around uh, for a couple of years now uh, compared to him. Now, it probably also uh, is going to be influenced by the fact that uh, Jetfire, even though he was a leader figure that wasn't... Uh, the easiest to find originally uh, did end up hitting a lot of Australian discount and clear out stores so uh, we were able to pick him up for 20 bucks which is really cheap for a leader uh, scale figure so he's always been more of a $20 figure to me than a proper leader scale which is a bit of a shame and it was the same with uh, the Starscream and other Seekers too. I did pick them up. They ended up going on discount, deep discount at Targets here. So uh, <laughs> they've never really been a mould that I associate as being a big expensive piece. But uh, that's just me bringing my own bias to it. In a lot of cases, they were expensive leader figures. Now, he is different though if you do have the original uh, Jetfire figure and the... It's got a bit of a different repaint on the mould. The biggest difference being that his weapons and his boost blasters on his back are no longer vac metalized. They are just straight painted matte red, uh, which I actually think does look better. Between the two versions, he is uh, the better sort of vac metal is always a bit weird. You're always a bit worried if you're going to chip it or run through. He does come with his blaster uh, that does have the missile firing feature. Oh, actually, it looks like it does, but I don't know if there's a spring in there. So let me get this missile out and I'll see if we can uh, fire this. And yes, it does have a spring in there. So that is good and working. Okay, now... Let's go with the clockwise fashion once again. So our next one is 
Leoric, uh, the visionaries. Now, to be perfectly frank with you, I know <laughs> next to nothing uh, for the most part about visionaries. Probably the biggest thing that I know visionaries from is that it was where Mark Bagley from Ultimate Spider-Man actually got his start on with the old uh, Marvel comic book that they did. Now, the gimmick for those who don't know for Visionaries was that they have these holographic chest pieces as well as sort of these flag TV stands uh, that would have images of animals that I assume meant that they acquired powers of as they sort of called them forth and I'm assuming they could mix mix and match because this Leoric one actually has a lion in his chest which is I assume where he gets the Leoric name from but he's got sort of this owl looking creature in his TV display uh, stand now, in terms of the sculpt, Leoric does use arms from a Storm Shadow figure, as well as legs from a Snake Eye. The rest pretty much being a, a new buck uh, tooling purposes. Now, I didn't recognize the legs of this Snake Eye myself. He's from that weird one that sort of looks like he has... Uh, the kind of action feature with sort of this big chunk of grey, uh, uh, what would you call it, it's a chest armour piece. But the arms off the Storm Shadow I recognised immediately. Uh, it is the ones from the Renegades Storm Shadow that got used a lot, pretty much a lot of the ninjas and that uh, that they use at the moment sort of came with these hands. But the do blend in quite well. You wouldn't sort of originally recognize them as being uh, the hands off the ninja with sort of the repaint and that. It does also have a removable helmet and comes with a whip. And he's got a very sort of mustached head sculpt with a prominent jaw uh, coming through. He actually sort of reminds me of American Dad Stan Smith if he had a... <laughs> mustache uh, put in through there. So I'm going to imagine him with a Seth MacFarlane voice. That's going to be uh, my <laughs> way of uh, finding how I like this character. Uh, now, the chest piece of armor on him is really cool. Now, they don't unfortunately have hologram stickers as much as, I don't know quite what you'd call it. It's, it's a sticker that's very shiny and you get lots of different colors coming through, which is kind of nice. Um, it does give you sort of that rainbow spectrum, but there's no sort of 3D aspect or movement aspect uh, as you turn or twist them. Okay, moving on. Uh, and the thing I should mention here, uh, Lyric was uh, another weird choice like Jetfire because the Visionaries actually didn't play a part in the Revolution storyline. Now, they have just recently come into the IDW uh, Hasbro-verse. They are sort of the big uh, push behind the Phase 2, uh, shall we say, 
uh, of the Hasbro IDW Universe storyline, and they are kind of introducing magic now into this universe that didn't really have it before. Uh, but I won't go into too much detail of how they're coming in or why, because uh, it is a little bit of a story spoiler if some people haven't caught up. Now, moving in to the next figure, we have Roadblock from G.I. Joe. Now, you're probably going to be finding that there's a little bit of a theme running through here, and that is that while Roadblock is the first of these characters I've reviewed so far to be a part of the revolution storyline uh he was one of the main gi joe characters moving through and has became a very main uh joe since the rock played him in uh retaliation this is not the roadblock figure from revolutions it's in fact a very distinct design of him with a bald head and sideburns now for those that don't know uh, this version of uh, roadblock is from a cartoon series known as renegades and there was a whole bunch of figures released based on the Renegades TV show uh, around the time of Pursuit of Cobra and the 30th uh, anniversary G.I. Joe figures. Now, the thing being that uh, he really was not um, one of the big main Joes back when that series was running and he ended up being the only one of the main squad members that did not get a action figure released which was a big big shame now our friends of the show over at uh oh i'm <laughs> do apologize uh what's joeing on oh i'm so ter- terrible <laughs> it's a gi joe uh podcast what's joe name i'm honestly blanking i bet it's gary justin mike and uh, all them we've had them on the show before and i apologize guys uh, for getting your show name uh but they actually interviewed the voice actor kevin michael richardson and he had some very comments funny comments to say about uh his character not being made into a figure uh so Hasbro have taken the opportunity of this box set to get this figure out here and complete the team, which is fantastic. Now, I do have all the rest of the Renegade figures. They are unfortunately packed away in a box, uh, which means I can't do comparison to them. But from what I remember, this guy is uh, really spot on to them. He's going to blend in quite well. They sort of mixed both the realism and the cartoon style, which is what Roadblock here appears to be doing. Now, it is an all-new head sculpt. The body is actually taken off a G.I. Joe uh, Retaliations Roadblock, so he's very much built like uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, in through here. He comes with a bunch of accessories, so uh, he's got a large machine gun that actually has a removable ammo clip He's got a pistol that fits 
into a holster on his leg. He's got two knives. Uh, unfortunately, he's only got a sheath for one. Uh, and he also comes with a backpack, which will also holster in a uh, flashlight uh, in there. So he is in and fully kitted out, which is very nice. Uh, so this guy, obviously being that he's completing another team and is from the second most popular of the Hasbro franchises, G.I. Joe, uh, this is the guy that's going to set you back probably the most on the secondary market if you're looking to buy uh, figures from this set just by themselves. Uh, from what I saw when looking for an actual box set uh, and searching through and around, he was kind of going upwards of the uh, $70, $70 to $80 mark just for this figure alone. Uh, he's definitely one of the main reasons I wanted this box set. Uh, so very happy to have him. Uh, and it's always good when there's a figure you really want and you get them, and they're actually a really good uh, figure, so I'd not be surprised if he's many people's favourite from this box set. Moving on to the next figure in our uh, <laughs> kind of uh, clockwise spiral here, we have the Dire Wraith. Now, sort of running along this theme of things that didn't actually appear in the series, uh, this Dire Wraith is one that's a little bit debatable. So the Dire Wraith didn't, uh, did definitely appear in the series. Uh, they actually appeared in quite a few uh, IDW books as <laughs> they were kind of a bit of a running build-up theme, sort of with that secret invasion, Battlestar Galactica uh, design of like, oh, who's going to actually turn out to be a Dire Wraith? Now, the problem with them appearing in so many books is that the editors over at IDW were a bit laxed in kind of what the design of these Dire Wraiths were going to be. Now, they did originally appear in the Marvel ROM comic book, but due to copyright reasons, they can't go with that sort of design exactly. So, I'm while the Dire Wraith in the actual Revolution main series didn't look like this figure, I can't say 100% uh, that this uh, isn't how... Uh, they looked at some point. So it's sort of this blue, kind of beluga whale with a Joker grin uh, head sculpt. Uh, and then they have the sort of viney, whippy arms of the uh, zombie viper uh, from that 30th G.I. Joe line. And the actual body is a G.I. Joe dock body. So uh, this Dire Wraith might potentially be meant to uh, be a Dire Wraith that was hiding under as Doc, the G.I. Joe's medic. So he's a lot of buck reuse. It's basically only the head on him uh, that is new. It is sort of some clever use of uh, the zombie viper arms, which, to be honest, I didn't really use on my zombie uh, figures, but uh, it is uh, great in here. So it does sort of seem like a new piece coming out, depending on how you displayed your zombie ones there, but of course you can't have a Dire Wraith uh, without having 
ROM because you're going to need someone to hunt those diaries. Now this is another one that's going to uh, continue the theme of uh, a great piece but not one that was exactly like uh, Revolution. So ROM did have a part in the Revolution storyline uh, but it was a similar but newer design to ROM so it was very much a modern update if they were to do a ROM movie they'd probably more go with that comic book design uh, whereas this figure is heavily uh, based on that old toy now I never had that old toy to be honest I don't know if I've ever even actually seen one in person I've only seen pictures of I do know Rom more from the Marvel comic book series and he's pretty much straight off the page from that series as well uh, so I would assume many collectors uh, would possibly pick up this Rom to put in their Marvel Universe uh, displays because he is three and three quarter he does fit perfectly uh, with those Marvel Universe figures you could have him in your cosmic collection through there so he's got his classic box gate boxed uh, head sculpt uh, in there which uh, is just iconic rom he's got sort of the huge shoulder armors and then it sort of goes down and looks like more that he's wearing a um, sort of silver metallic jumpsuit. Now, I recognize these legs straight away. They are from the Cobra Commander in his sort of armored disguise. Uh, in the old G.I. Joe comics, it was when Fred was kind of undercover as him. Uh, but he also has the new gung-ho uh, arms, which I don't actually have that gung-ho figure, so these arms are new sculpts for me, which is very nice, and he comes with his weird sort of hair-dry-looking laser guns to shoot down those race, so he's another one that's very popular, he was sort of going around that 50 to $60 mark when I was looking recently, uh, and I can definitely see a lot of the Marvel collectors trying to get in and grab Rom there, but he's a fantastically uh, silver-painted figure all around, so not a lot of paintwork, but it definitely does work well for him, and that's pretty much what you would want from a Rom figure. Now, the next figure here that I am going to be talking about uh, is one that is very personal for me, uh, and one of the main reasons why I knew I had to get this set, and that is the Action Man. Uh, now, I'm sure a lot of you guys know already, but uh, for those of you who don't, Action Man was the UK version of G.I. Joe. Uh, basically the exact same sculpt and then uh, just rebranded a bit to come in and uh, fill it out. Uh, that's where you get the name Action Force from, if you remember hearing about that version of the three and three quarter G.I. Joes. But then in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, Hasbro Europe did do a big rebranding of Action Man as a 12-inch figure. Uh, and 
it, it was a fantastic toy line. Uh, I was more around for the beginning of it, where it was definitely more military-based. Uh, but then towards the tail end, he was getting a bit more sort of extreme sports, uh, sort of triple X before triple X style uh, secret agent. But uh, particularly some of those original ones, I did really really love and enjoy as a kid. There was also a TV show I thought was really cool. Uh, I'm sure if I went back and watched it now, it would be terrible, which is why I own the DVD but haven't watched it. Uh, But it sort of had these live-action beginnings of action men doing something that seemed like a cool big action movie thing, like riding a jet ski over a ramp jump and then there being explosions behind him that would then cut into the main... Uh, animated part of the episode Uh, and I'm sure it would be hokey as all hell uh, now Uh, but we do have a new action man figure here in this set the first one since a he was sort of included as an easter egg in a G.I. Joe set uh, quite a few years ago around the Valor Venom days Uh, now in IDW they are sort of treating action man like the fan theory of James Bond's, where James Bond is just a spy title, and each action man is kind of his own version. So in IDW, you sort of have that 60s toy version being the original uh, action man, and then uh, you would say there'd be that 90s version was his own character. And then we have Ian Noble, who's the current day action man, and he's been getting around in sort of a blue and orange uh, kind of spy jumpsuit, uh, which is very much the action man colours, and they have replicated that quite well here. So he is, hands down, the most accurate to his appearance in the actual Revolution series himself for this pack now. He does come with a couple of guns. Uh, He's got uh, two submachine guns and then a sort of larger assault rifle. Uh, He's got your sort of classic three and three quarter G.I. Joe articulations. Now his hands are a little stiff, which is unfortunate. does make it a little bit harder to get uh, the guns in his hands. But once you sort of play around a bit, you do get them in and they soften up. Now, his head sculpt, I was a little bit worried about. It did appear in a lot of images to be a bit cartoony, but once you actually have him in hand, and he's got, say, like a bit of a fringe and uh, pointed chin, uh, yeah, once you have him in hand and it sort of allows for shadows to fall across, across that sculpt, he does look much better than a lot of the promotional images where they're using very harsh lighting Uh, on him and he comes across a bit paler and lacking definition but in hand he is much much better which i'm excited about i did notice a lot of uh other figure reviews talking about him glowingly and i remember sort of looking at that face cop going like oh i don't know they got their blinders on a bit but yeah i think it was just the harsh lighting in promo images and such. Uh, Now that brings us to our last of the articulated figures, which is Matt Tracker. Now he looks fairly close uh, to how you would have seen him uh, in uh, the Revolutions storyline. He is a 
little bit different to the Matt Tracker figure that came out beforehand. So for those that don't know, uh, a couple of years ago in the 25th anniversary of G.I. Joe line, they did throw in the Easter egg of including Matt Tracker. Uh, now, <laughs> he... Um, they, they sort of dropped hints that, uh, you know, Venom was an offshoot of Cobra, which actually does uh, kind of work and is a very nice uh, little nod in there. And a lot of people were getting excited, like, oh, is this going to be a uh, rebirth of Mask? Are we going to get more Mask figures here? Is it just a tease for a whole new Mask line that might be coming uh, which would have been uh, great and, and fantastic, and it uh, didn't exactly uh, come through or work out that way, unfortunately. Uh, but they are doing a repush for Mask here. So uh, this figure, being that he's based on this sort of similar buck, you would think he reuses a lot of that Matt Tracker figure, but he actually doesn't. So he does include that sort of uh, collared uh, armor piece uh, with the dangling cord and the helmet uh, are new, uh, are the uh, same sculpts. And I don't have my Matt Tracker here, but I pr am pretty sure uh, that these are actually. The same pieces, although now I'm sort of looking at there, it does seem to be more detailed than I remember. So, uh, put a little bookmark in that, but I could be wrong, but I th think they might be uh, the same pieces, just painted with uh, better detail. But his actual underbody is a more modern design. Now, I don't recognize these ones off any G.I. Joe's, so uh, I'm assuming it might be some new sculpting like the Action Man, but... I could be wrong there. He does come with that same sort of submachine gun uh, that the other one did come with. Now, the biggest change with this Mac Tracker uh, is that uh, for the IDW universe, he is an African-American. So it is a completely different head sculpt, but it is a great one through there. He's got sort of uh, some very nice uh, eyebrow paint going on where you get it sort of sharp at the ends which uh, <laughs> and that's uh, something very hard to do in this scale of action figures but uh, that is definitely up there all the head sculpts in this line have been really fantastic and much better in person than promo images uh, might lead you to believe so uh, I do recommend if you get a chance to check them out in person do uh, but he is another great addition and I didn't really have any masks as a kid. I do remember playing at Neighbours and that, uh, that did have some, and uh, it is a great line. And this uh, Matt Tracker is, I think, superior to the one that's come beforehand. He just has that more scientific suit set up to him that does look like it's a bit more advanced and the armour does blend in much better to that suit than the other one that was kind of more wearing a jumpsuit. And that brings us near to the last lot, but there's still <laughs> kind of plenty of characters here. And that's the Micronauts. Now, Micronauts is something I know almost next to nothing about. In fact, I probably know more about Visionaries than I do about 
Micronaut, but uh, I would say these are arguably one of the bigger brands of uh, Hasbro in this set. So what they did with the Micronauts is they basically have given tiny little PVC uh, characters. They're about an inch and a half high, uh, so they are definitely smaller to everything else in the set, particularly that Jetfire. Uh, but because they are small and tiny, we have been given a whole bunch of them. So let me just give us one more to get out here, and we can get a proper look in. Now, the first thing that's standing out to me with the Micronauts is actually how much sort of paint they do have for these little PVC uh, guys. Ooh. So we have uh, what I'm assuming are more the main characters. So uh, we have Biotron, who's sort of that white, red, and blue robot. Uh, now, to be honest, I don't know if he's a character or a vehicle. I do remember people sort of inside piloting him at times, but then he might have his own personality. I'm not 100% too sure, so someone will have to fill me in there. Now, we have my favourite and probably one of the more iconic Micronauts, which is Acro Year. He's sort of the red, white, and black knight uh, kind of character. has sort of the horned helmets and he's got a big sort of green laser sword here and he's got these big turbine fans that come off his shoulders he's very nicely painted and because he's in a bit of an action pose with his sword he actually does seem to blend in quite well with the other characters here who else do we have what's this guy called quintillus is kind of kind of looks like a hulk in the image but he's got a silver head top uh, here on the one, so I don't know if that's... Ma oh, maybe he's meant to have grey hair. I'm looking at his black, but it might be just the colouring on the picture image, but uh, he's sort of this just green, bit generic guy. I'm not that big of a fan of him. Uh, who's this guy with the arms? Zant. So I'm assuming he's kind of a bug guy. He's got four arms. Uh, one looks like a hook, sort of cross between robot and... Bug, he's got some very nice sculpting going on. He's got sort of a skull-like face uh, hidden around and through there. Uh, we have here, who's this one? I've just picked up Oberon. Uh, so he kind of looks like Darkseid on the artwork image, but uh, if Darkseid's lower body was replaced uh, with a unicycle. Uh, <laughs> so he is a bit weird. The actual sculpting of the head kind of reminds me uh, more of Baron Underbite from Venture Brothers, uh, but he does have some nice sort of purple and blue colouring, so uh, not my favourite, but he is kind of unique, so I do like that about him. And one last one for the goodies, we have Finolo Fee, so she's kind of a kick-bat action woman, looks like. She's got sort of the turbine fan wings holding up a gun. Uh, now, one thing that I do seem to think we are missing... Now, this comes very much as my poor knowledge of Micronauts, but it was like this pharaoh character, Pharos, who seemed like he was the leader uh, who's not here. Now, I do remember him possibly piloting Byrotron at one point in an IDW, so maybe he's meant to be in there... 
controlling this robot, but I'm not too sure. Maybe if they thought they'd be doing more of these things, he's a character to then sort of get people through uh, into the next set. Now, coming into the villains, we have uh, Gamatron. He's kind of like a robot bug guy. Now, he's got some really nice paintwork uh, on him, but he's got this unfortunate kind of like massive... Uh, scrotum for lack of a better word between his legs which just looks a little weird not too sure what's going on there um don't remember this guy kind of popping up in the story maybe it was there but i don't remember this massive thing between his legs uh we have who's this guy betatron uh he kind of looks like one of the sentinels from the matrix if it had crab legs uh he's kind of cool he's got some really nice sort of grays and blacks running through on him that really help make him pop now we have what would be arguably the most uh iconic of uh the micronauts that being the darth vader-esque villain baron Kaza. now he does look like he's got some nice sculpting going on but unfortunately the shiny black paint on him does hide a lot of that detail you sort of got to twist him and catch him in the right light and it's unfortunately the worst on his face uh his head is sort of sculpted in with these sort of turbine drills on his back uh and the paint is a little bit sloppy and it's kind of running into those turbine drills uh and it does sort of mask how big his head is and sort of gives the optical illusion that it's a bit bigger and does look just a bit bit weird but uh from a distance, sort of set up there and put him with the die race since they're both baddies. Rah, we'll get you. Uh, it, it's not not too bad. Uh, and that does bring me here to the end of this set. So, look, as a guy who loves action figures and loves action figure history, uh, even though I don't know uh, all these brands, uh, I am very excited to have them and have them here on the shelf. I am let's see who is my favorite i think i do have to go with uh roadblock being my favorite figure just because he comes with so much he's got some wonderful sculpt work uh off that uh dwayne johnson body buck but new head that fits in uh perfect with it uh just yeah all those really nice gun accessories uh personal favorite but hard to justify is Action Man. I did love Action Man in the 90s and we've had very little of it recently so I'm glad to see him back out and being able to be included uh, in my G.I. Joe collection because sort of out of all of them he fits in the best uh, sort of combining in with G.I. Joe much like Rom kind of fits in well with Transformers uh, on that side. They're sort of the same side of equal coins but uh, I'll also look forward to putting Action Man with my Cup Titan Returns figure. And my biggest surprise uh, is probably Leo Rick. I actually have ended up uh, really enjoying him. Maybe because he, he was the first uh, out of the pack. Uh, maybe it's because I realised he reminds me a bit of Stan Smith. Uh, but I do enjoy him. And it's something that I do miss with figures uh, these days is sometimes in the old days of He-Man and G.I. Joe and Transformers and I'm sure these lines too like Micronauts, Mask and Visionaries 
you would get characters that, because they're based on toys and not really anything else you knew, they were just kind of these blank slates, uh, and you would put and envision characters onto them, uh, which is what I'm kind of doing with Leo Rick here. And that's something I loved about action figures, uh, and is something that I, me personally, uh, <laughs> will sort of critique modern action figures for, is that we sort of don't get these new characters just coming out that we then can create later on, but are first uh, envisioned to us as I'm holding a visionary. Uh, and I do miss a bit of that. Now, I'm sure people will go like, oh, we've got this ind independent company doing this and this here. And yes, there are great examples of it uh, happening and coming out, but uh, it is something I wish mainstream toys uh, were able to do. Now, obviously, they've probably stopped doing it because they stopped selling, but it is something that I... I'm kind of missing. But that uh, also brings me pretty much to the end here. Now, it's not really a traditional review, but in terms of a Dolly's rating, I'm going to be very favourable here, much more favourable than I thought I would be, and give this 9 Dolly's out of 10. And really, I don't have too much faults. The paintwork here is actually really good. Uh, the sculpting here is really good. I'm really not that fussed that it's not super accurate to the Revolution comic book, because really, if you look at comic book sales, uh, there's probably less than 10,000 people that have read uh, this comic series. That's if they even finished it or wasn't the same person buying multiple covers. So uh, I don't necessarily blame them for not being super true uh, to that book rather than their own properties and probably pleasing more people by giving them the figures that they want rather than just another generic roadblock giving us the roadblock that we didn't uh, have or giving us a, you know, a new ROM figure that ROM fans have wanted for a long time. While we are getting some more IDW touches such as the new Mac Tracker or uh, this Iron, uh, this Action Man in through here, so I don't even really want to fault it for that. The biggest fault and issue with this set is just that it's really not that well available. It was released at San Diego Comic-Con uh, and also appeared at Hascon, but uh, from what I heard from some sources that were there at Hascon, uh, it was one of the first to actually sell out and then it was done. Uh, so it is going to be a harder set to track down. There are still some appearing and available uh, but in a lot of cases, you're looking around $200 US uh, if you're just going to jump on eBay and do a buy it now. I do recommend, as always, a save search can be a friend when we're talking about something uh, limited but has a lot of buy it nows in higher numbers. Uh, you can still, every now and then, someone seems to be putting this up for bids, and if you get a week where not a lot of people are looking out for it, uh, you can hopefully snag this at a very good price. Um, so that is a uh, good Good sign if you want it, but uh, because they are sort of the smaller G.I. Joe-sized action figures, it is hard to justify spending that amount to get this. Now, if you don't have the leader Jetfire figure, uh, this set is going to have a lot more value in it for you. Uh, unfortunately, if you do have this guy, uh, it's he he's a chunk of the cost, uh, I would imagine, and it it is a little bit of a shame but this would have been the exact same issue if they had gone with Skywarp or 
one of the other ones there. So it's it's a little bit unavoidable. I am glad that they kind of went with a larger transformer. So scale-wise, as you're displaying as a set, uh, it is a bit better. Uh, but I do wonder if we could have just gotten a new head sculpt and maybe made him a different character than it's something uh, new in there. Uh, but then you would have the other issue of if you had a new character such as Dreadwin, for example, who wasn't out at the time, uh, you would then have a lot of Transformer fans to arguably fight over for this box set. Uh, but that is another good option for getting things from this box set is a lot of people are breaking this set up. They are just purchasing it because they're huge Mask fans and they want the Mac Tracker or they're Marvel fans and want the ROM, uh, but they don't necessarily want Roblox or Leo Rick or the Micronauts and they're selling them on separately now. Uh, obviously, you're going to be paying much more to get a single figure that way than if you get the set and breakdown uh, but if you really are just after a rom and a die wraith uh, that can be a much easier way of getting them is just buying the pieces individually and if you didn't get a jet fire there's a lot of jet fires uh, going for cheap now online here's weirdly one of the sort of cheaper ones of the set you can get as well as the past one seems to be uh, drop down in prices a lot of collectors now have this one without the vac metal uh, so they're looking to offload their original ones so there are still some options out there but uh, yeah it is the biggest thing for that mark uh, is going to be just uh, the cost that it's going to be to pick up these sets uh, but uh, if you are after any as much as I recommend the save search for getting a good price uh, I wouldn't recommend waiting too long with the way that the Hasbro universe does seem to be wrapping up and Hollywood doesn't seem to be behind it as much. I don't know if we are going to see more of a push of this. I really hope we do. Um, I just didn't want to be counting on it. So that's why I definitely stepped up and got this set now because I really have no idea if we'll be seeing any of these characters again anytime soon in the future. Now that does uh, begin to wrap things up and bring me to the end of this episode. Now uh, I do apologize if I've butchered anything from your favorite Hasbro franchise. As I said, things like Visionaries and Micronauts, I do not have that much knowledge on, but if you have uh, any feedback uh, to pass on through to educate me on these lines, you can always drop it in with podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And you know what? You may just hear it read out on the show. And just before anyone sends in the email, it's what's on Joe Mind. That was the podcast I was trying to think of. Uh, Apologise to the guys and girls over there at uh, that podcast for <laughs> butchering your name before. I just literally had a mental blank. But that's one you do not need to write through or put on. I have got it here uh, before the end of the show show so uh thank you once again i'm always appreciated if you're someone that's stuck around on one of these solo episodes right here through to the end you'll always have the respect in my heart i am always always grateful so thank you guys have a good week and good journey the action figure blues podcast can be found on itunes and stitcher radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigurablues.com wherever you listen please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. 
We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mox Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening.